This is food. This is beans. So ho ho, Adrian, the Tomorrow War. One of your favorite movies of the year, eh? No. This movie sucked. I'm gonna be blunt. This movie is not a good movie. It's wow, you're starting with a bang. Yeah. We're gonna go through this. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest here. We're we're not uh, lovers of this movie. So if you're a lover of this movie, if you love this movie and you don't have an open mind, you might wanna get off the get off the raft of time now. Mm-hmm. You might wanna not listen to this. Or stick around and listen to reason. You understand? Regardless, this isn't a closer look episode, meaning that we're going to talk spoilers about the movie from Amazon Studios, Tomorrow War, or The Tomorrow War. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's The Tomorrow War, right? There's a the. Yeah, there is a the. There's a, there's a the. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're, it's not a good start if we don't know the actual title. But regardless, Adrian, I'll th- throw it to you. I'll throw the baton to you, you know, right through, right through the time warp thing. And you're going to tell me now. What's your first criticism of this movie? Or your love of it? What's your favorite thing about this movie? Yeah, I'll talk about the thing that I actually liked. I mentioned this on our main podcast, Split Focus, on episode 53, that the one thing I liked about this movie uh, is the creature designs. uh, Or design, I guess I should say. The alien design. Um, I think it's really cool. It's this weird mixture of different sort of species um it reminds me kind of like these weird grasshopper looking creatures uh mixed with like the xenomorphs from alien and all that stuff um and i think it's really cool and unique um and i like how they move and everything like that however immediately jumping into the criticism i have about this creature design is um the way that it must be killed and the way that it must be killed is either by being like shot or cut in the neck or sliced open by the stomach. And I feel like that rule, although set very early on, um, isn't maintained throughout the movie. And, uh, it's just one of many things that, that is bad about this movie. (laughs) Um, and I think what this movie is continuously doing is it's presenting these really cool ideas, um, because I think the like the bear like the skeleton of this movie, the ideas behind this movie are actually pretty damn cool, but they are so poorly executed um, that it really just ruins the entire experience. I see. I feel like I could not agree more. In fact, I think I said that very thing on our regular episode of our podcast. It's my it's my uh, original idea, right? Mm-hmm. Although we are recording this after episode 53 but you know it's fine i'll let you have it uh yeah no yeah there's a, there's a bunch of problems with this the one thing i did say on episode 53 is that the time travel the concept of how the time travel works it works in the the context of the film um or it works in the film in that they don't break there's no loopholes or plot holes i should say within the concept of what the way the time travel works itself which usually you have a problem with if you have a a plot holy movie, usually the time travel, if it's a time travel movie, is the first thing you can look to and say, well, that's the reason because they, they they actually contradict themselves in the way that the, the time travel works. They didn't in that they did not create paradoxes. But I think it happened by accident. And I think that there's many creators, maybe the writer, maybe the director, that didn't necessarily agree with the way that the time travel works. And so they explain how the time travel works uh, very close to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they claim that it, t- it moves linearly along a river. It's like, it's, think about two, there's two rafts and you jump from one time frame, I think 30 years, bef- 
like prior mm-hmm. and it then jumps 30 years you gen they can jump either forward or backward and time is still moving for both of these time periods so yeah that's kind so, of how it works yeah exactly so if you time travel forward um or backward um it is always exactly 30 years apart or give or take it's it's always the exact same time frame apart and both universes right. are going forward uh like simultaneously there's no way of going further back and uh, again that that's actually a pretty cool idea i found and they even mentioned like hey like we don't even have this figured out properly like this is like one of these like impromptu we just we happen to get this going and um it doesn't work the way we want to but it's the only option we really have and i like that idea which isn't bad yeah Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, yeah, I think that that part is not bad either. But the the choice words of the words, the, the teacher who's teaching that how the time travel works, the guy says it's linear. And it just isn't linear. And I, I know that, I mean, it could have been assumed that it was not a linear type structure of timeline, meaning not like Tenet or not like Interstellar, more like the Marvel Cinematic Universe in terms of a multiverse kind of concept. Mm -hmm. But they don't explicitly say that it is multiverse. And so my confusion watching until like the midway point or or when Chris Pratt gets back from his trip, I I didn't really realize. I thought it was linear because the guy describes it as linear. And so what it means to be not linear or multiverse is is that the, the universe that Chris Pratt is in, his timeline of the original timeline he's in, is technically not even related to the timeline in which he meets his grown-up daughter and the timeline in which he goes into the future. And so the issue with this, actually, theoretically, every single one of the timelines for every trip that they make since the time machine has kind of been created and the rafts are moving actually branches off another multiverse. If you think about it, actually, that's another thing I just thought of now. I I didn't Mm. have it written down in my notes. But my point is, my point, is that technically Chris Pratt's life, his timeline is helping. And all these people, America and the rest of the world, they claim it's a world war. They're technically, the whole world is helping a timeline that is not their own. So there's all this confusion throughout the movie. They're like, why should we help them? Why should we help them? I don't know. Why are you helping them? Because they're not technically you. Yeah, you literally should not help them. If anything, they should be helping you to avoid this from happening in the future. Because it's very very altruistic, though. mm -hmm. Like if they helped you, it would be for nothing in return. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be nothing in return. However, everyone could theoretically just escape back the 30 years. And then just continue living their their lives back in time that thirty years, the the vast majority of the population in the future is already extinct. Like like so many people are dead, and it is literally they know that they they quite literally know that. And I think uh, Yvonne um, Strahovski's character, who plays Chris Pratt's daughter from the future, she even mentions like, "Yeah, this is this is hopeless. There's no point of you guys being here." Really, she says something along the lines that it's yeah, like hopeless. And that's very early on in the movie. And you realize why the hell are they going forward in time then? If she even knows it, I guess she's not, you know, the one in the government that's like doing the masterminding from the future and, you know, saying who can come, who can go. And she's not making all the rules, but she's definitely one of the higher ups. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't make any freaking sense. That's the issue. Like this movie just has so many of these random leaps in logic that are specifically made for plot convenience. That when you really just sit down and think about it, you're like, why? Why? If 
if these people just sat down and asked the question why, I feel like they could have solved this very quick. Yeah. What should be happening, theoretically, is it should be sending each other data back and forth. It should just be teams of scientists trying to send each other data in order to solve the problem on both sides, Mm -hmm. one for the one timeline and one for the other. But it never felt like that, at least in the beginning of the movie. The whole idea was we're going to help this timeline so it helps ourselves. Which doesn't make any sense because how does it help yourself? You're literally destroying your timeline by reducing the population i don't know how by how much by but by a decent amount you know you're sending just random civilians soldiers etc to the future now literally reducing the number of human beings on planet earth so when these aliens come up from the ground you're at a serious disadvantage right yeah that's a that's a very good point too yeah, yeah that's, that's that's a good point but i think the quintessential spot in which i realized that Again, not everyone, at least making this movie, were on the same page is when Chris Pratt comes back with a vial that's potentially going to be the poison, the kryptonite, that's going to kill all of these creatures. Mm -hmm. And he's upset because he cannot go back to the future to help them out with this kryptonite. He was going to bring vials back there to help them destroy the creatures. Yeah. But it's like, did you ever intend – was that the plan? Because if that – the plan, I mean, there was not enough time. You knew that – I mean, the raft was – going to be gone from the future like that that seemed like it was inevitable considering Mm -hmm. how few people there were um it just seems like it was just unclear they didn't understand another thing as well yvonne strahovski's character when she initially looks at the tablet and sees her father's name on it and his picture she is expressionless i must mention this this is very important she is expressionless to the point of she says i see here that you are I see here that you are a ex you were ex military. What do you mean you see here that you are? You literally summoned him here. That was the claim that she summoned her father because she trusted him to solve this problem. But mm-hmm. clearly, she's looking at the tablet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. She's like she's leading the mission. She's looking at the tablet and she's like, "Hey Dan Forrester, uh, you're in charge. You, you appear to have military training." It's like, well, what do you mean you appear to? You know me because you you literally asked me to come. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a little weird. Like, what did you did you notice that? Like, she was not shocked. She was there was no expression on her face. It's like they changed the plot midway. Yeah, I just assumed that she was just playing along, just playing the part. Um, yeah, but for what reason? Didn't they know that the, the one of the soldiers comes up to? It's not like it was hidden. One of the yeah, soldiers comes up to him and says, "Oh, you know her better than anyone else," and he's like, "I don't." It's like, well, then you. this is not a secret. No one's keeping the secret. What was the point of that? And honestly, if you go back to that scene, she's so expressionless. It doesn't look like she looks like she thinks the mission is hopeless and she doesn't know what this guy can do at all. It literally looks like that. So mm. I honestly think this is maybe they were on the same page in terms of the creators making this movie. But ultimately, I think they actually, they were doing that again for plot convenience. Because mm-hmm. what it was is, well, let's shock the audience. We can't give away our cards. We can't show our hand now. We want the audience to realize that they don't know each other. Yeah. That's what, they, what we want them to think. So then we can shock them. And then when there's that moment, the father-daughter moment, they can have that moment on the beach. Yeah. Which honestly, I don't, I don't know. Like I think that was a fail because I immediately guessed it. I don't know. if I just found it incredibly predictable. As soon as he got there, like, oh, yeah, that's probably his daughter. I don't know why. I just guessed it. And uh, I don't think it was a well-hidden secret. Um, what, just the sorry, way. at what point did you guess that? 
pretty much immediately. Like once you get introduced, yeah, there's that like expressionless face, but then you like see her again shortly thereafter. I'm like, oh, why are they focusing on this girl? Um, and I was like, oh yeah, they're definitely related. That's probably his daughter because she's like a scientist or whatever. And, and again, I, though, I watched that scene again afterwards. There, there was no indication. That's why I believed it was not the case because why would that be? It doesn't make any sense. There's no indication that they know each other at all. Zero. Yeah. She gives nothing away. So I don't know. Maybe we weren't paying attention there, buddy. Yeah, maybe not. Or maybe I was paying too much attention. Anyways, but yeah, another annoying part uh, as well is them, you know, they're sending people from the past that are just totally unprepared to fight this alien war, to fight against these like creatures. And, you know, their excuse is, you know, if we if we tell people, um, you know, like what uh, what what these aliens are, they're not going to want to go. You're literally conscripting people like you are drafting people. It is mandatory to go. So I feel like that explanation alone is just super silly and dumb. And again, just like a a excuse to surprise the audience, the viewers like, oh, look at these aliens. This is a cool design. Uh, I think you even mentioned this. Yeah, it kind of ruins like it would ruin that like sort of spectacle the first time you see them and that sort of surprise of how this creature looks like and acts like. But it just doesn't make any sense for the plot itself. Um, now, I do want to give another uh, like positive note to this movie. And it is when, um, you know, Chris Pratt and a bunch of other characters are being sent to the future. And when they're sent in, you know, there's some sort of issue with the time traveling. And then people are just falling from the sky all these people, the vast majority of people that they're sending from the past to the future, just slam on the ground and die immediately. They don't even they don't they don't even have time to like comprehend what's going on. They just appear in the sky and then die uh, before that's, they even uh, face. No, that's how is this good? This is literally the problem with the movie you're describing. What do you mean? I think that's just such a cool little scene. I think I think it's unique. It's th- that was yeah, kind of like cool and so surprising. Are the monsters, so are the fact that they're being sent there to fight them. So are that those moments of action. But that doesn't that doesn't that makes less sense. They're risking these people's lives in such a fashion that this this is literally the percentage of failure seems very high. We've seen one trip to the future and it failed immediately. Half the people, more than half of them, fell off the building and died. You're sending these people who are not trained to go get killed. What kind of weird fascist society has America become? Yeah, okay. Like, no, I get for that. What? For altruism, by the way. For altruism. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're getting crazy there, Simon. No, I'm just saying it's a cool idea because they they set it up. Like, I, I don't know. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. They literally say that the time travel isn't perfect and there's some issues. And as they're being sent for, they're like, oh, shit, something's going wrong with the time travel machine thing. And then they all die. I don't know. I really like that scene. It, it took me by surprise. I think it was a really cool um, way to really set the stage for like the hopelessness going forward into this future society. Um, I don't know. I, I disagree with you on that. I really like that. I think it's, I think that part was actually really cool. Um, despite me not liking the rest of the movie. Yeah. Again, I must disagree with you. Yeah. It doesn't serve the plot at all. It's the opposite. It's again, it's that was again, you're describing plot convenience. Unfortunately, like it it is, I know they want to make you excited. They want to shock you and make you feel like you're, it's hopeless, but that's just not the way to do it because you're sending these civilians. They're like the last hope, like fine, but then you're going to risk their lives. Like get the calculations right. Like 
You're like sending people to the moon. They don't they don't take chances like that. It's very strange. And you're taking chances for ultimately no reason because in 30 years is when this war is going to happen. And these people in the future, I don't know. I, I feel like our society is just not altruistic enough. They just wouldn't. I, I said this in the beginning, but I just don't think that they would send anyone to help a different universe. I think that they would help their own universe. They would go there as on scientific missions specifically to try to discover these creatures and find out their their kryptonite. I think that that part would be would be true. I just don't think that they would be going there to necessarily help the future. There would have to be something that's mutually beneficial. And I and not that I guess that's kind of a bleak look on society, but it kind of is true. Um I think you might agree on that one. Yeah, no, I definitely do, man. I definitely do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Even like okay. So Chris Pratt wants to go to the North Pole and he wants to find the spaceship so that he can destroy, you know, kill baby Hitler before he can get big, Mm -hmm. basically. And he he goes to the US government and says, hey guys, we have the solution. We've done it. We've done what we've invested the money to do. All of this time, the lives, all of the lives lost was for the fact that now I have this vial. And I can now go find the alien spaceship that we know roughly where it is, and we can go stop this before it gets, you know, before we even have a war at all. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. government says to him, or whatever, the friggin' Secretary of Defense or whatever the guy's role was, he literally says, no, we cannot do this. The world is falling apart. It's like, what do you mean the world is falling apart? In 30 years, this is going to be an issue. 30 years. And you can literally stop it. Isn't that why we were sending people there in the first place? It just makes no sense. And on top of that, I'm just going to make a quick, I know you want to jump in, so I don't want to move the topic too far, but his wife literally thinks that she thought of this idea that like they could, they should, <laughs> they should look for where, when the aliens landed as if that's not like, oh, maybe they landed years before the date that they thought it landed. Like I thought about that in the very beginning of the movie when they first introduced the problem. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, are these aliens, or were they maybe here since the beginning of time?" Like, we don't know. What do you mean? No one thought of that. Yeah, it seems like so ridiculous to not think of that because yeah, I agree with you. I, I was thinking the same thing. I even thought I was just like, "Why the fuck don't you just ask the people where these aliens come from and just wait there?" Like, you know, they know the first sighting. They know what happens. Just send a bunch of like an entire military there and wait. Um, you know, you could start with right. that. Um, and Why then, couldn't you? Oh, you mean like use a time time machine to try and send it back to that period? You mean or well, that possibly or again, you just set up a military camp around that and then wait the 30 years. Wait for these aliens to start coming out. You already know where exactly where they come from. Again, you're assuming that they're landing, but. It's wouldn't be the big plot twist is, yeah, like, oh, my goodness, they were actually here the entire time. The spaceship landed forever ago. And, you know, the polar ice caps, you know, had it had it covered. And that's why when they melted, they, they, you know, they came to life and destroyed the world. And it's just like you could if you just waited in that general area, you could have stopped this when it happens. Now, again, they're a little bit proactive in the movie because, yeah, they get the thing. And, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like the 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 secretary of defense just being like, no, yeah, don't do it. It's like, what the fuck is the entire point of this movie then? What are you guys doing this entire time? What is the purpose? Why did we lose all these countless lives for nothing? Yeah. Since when was the the, the trip that Chris Pratt went on? When Since when was that going to be the last one? I know that, like, I guess the, the that boat sank. 
um, the two the two boats going down this linear oh, river sank. You just brought up a, another point that was that was deliberate. Again, we didn't know that it was going to go down at that time. We didn't know. Yeah, but I think you're going to agree with me on this as well. When the mother is sitting there, and Chris Pratt's character literally says, "Let's kill her," Yvonne Strahovski's like, "No." I was like, "Are you kidding?" My girlfriend, like Dawn, was sitting next to me, and she's like. They should kill her before Chris Pratt says it. And then he says it, and I'm like, oh, good. And then they don't do it. And she just calls them to her, calls all of the other aliens to her. It's like that could have ended right there if you just killed the the mother. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah, again, it's it's that alien covenant sort of issue where it's just a bunch of dumb scientists making decisions to move the plot forward. That was 100% plot convenience. Like yeah. there was there was literal, little point for for them to have not killed her there it w- it made no sense it would have taken seconds she's like no we can't we don't have time mm-hmm. you don't have time to not kill her she escaped seconds later seconds and chased after them and i think she's the one who actually ended up killing Yvonne Strahovski. yeah she is um yeah it's it's super silly like even on the topic of uh i guess the queen and plot convenience when they go to capture the queen initially and she's in that like hole or whatever and you know she starts messing with all like the i guess the the scientists slash army men that are trying to capture the the queen and underground and she does that call and you literally see these aliens running over the hill running down a bunch running into the hole there's there's a bunch you know going past the holes and chris brad is in the is in the helicopter he's like i'm gonna go down and goes all the way down into the hole five minutes pass maybe not five minutes but at least like two to three minutes pass they capture the queen they bring it out of that hole and then all these alien creatures that have been there for literal minutes decide to go into the hole and try to stop them it's absolutely preposterous. Again, it's just like this. Yeah. It's plot convenient city. And again, that whole point of uh, I mentioned that the rules with the aliens that you can only kill them if you slice their neck open and slice their stomach open. There's the part where the helicopter is flying away and the aliens are jumping at it and the blades of the helicopter just cut through all these aliens. Oh, not, good call. Like, not through that. their necks, not through their stomachs. Just, they just cut through. If the blades of a helicopter can do that, why the fuck can't a machine gun just do that? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, I noticed that as well. Like the, when they tried to come out with the with the box, like there were barely any of these creatures, and they took forever to kill. Like you couldn't kill them; they were mm-hmm. so hard to kill. Like where did they go? Yeah, like why did it take them so long to get into the hole when they were right there when he was going down? It's an g- excellent point. My assumption at that point was, oh, they must have killed them on the surface. But I now think about it and, and I was, I'm thinking like they can barely kill one at all. It mm-hmm. takes them forever. So how did they do that? It's, it, that's Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, you it, make a great point. Yeah, it's super dumb. <laughs> it kind of pissed me off. And then again, when they when they escape that scene, it like kind of does a jump cut. And then they're, you know, Chris Pratt and Yvonne Stravhovsky is they're on the beach and they have that heartfelt family moment. And I was sitting there and that's the scene that reminded me most of Army of the Dead, where it's like, what are you guys doing just right out here in the open? You're probably not that far from the aliens. And if you are, these aliens seem to run quicker than a freaking car. They, they just stop chasing you. You're just sitting at the at a beachside talking to one another and having this heart to heart that was another point then that again reminded me the most of army of the dead where again i think army of the dead is one of its biggest blunders is is these characters that just talk to each other when time is of the essence it's literally ticking 
the doom is impending. And that's the same thing with this movie. And it's just like, let's let's forget about that for a couple minutes so we can have this nice scene between a father and a daughter that I literally couldn't care less about. Because by that point in the movie, I was already out. I was already just like, I just need to finish this. Yeah. No, it's it's nuts. The governments of the world just don't seem invested, though, in finding the like the cure for this. Like, it's odd. Like, if you think about it, you just see the U.S. And there's, there should be teams of scientists on the, the past side just trying to solve this specifically. Mm-hmm. You, you should just be really – you don't want to bring the creature over through time. But, like, you almost want to bring a limb or something like that so that you can literally study it in – there's just no nothing shown for scientists studying this problem in the past, which they have, they're just made at a time in the mm-hmm. past, theoretically. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a weird, well, they're not made at a time. Cause again, the, the river, whatever the rafts are keep, keep moving, but there's, they're still limited in terms of time, but it's a, it's very unusual. Like the scientists and the proof of this as well, we talked about this on the podcast, like episode 53, the, the, the high school ch- child, the high school child who's a fan of volcanoes and he gets them onto this concept. They leave a literal lab of scientists, this guy's like a geog- geographical scientist, dude. Like he, that's his job. Sam Richardson, who actually does a great job in the movie. I like Sam Richardson. Uh, yeah, me too. I think I feel like he's just great in every movie. But again, he's very, but anyway, very underutilized, like the rest of the characters in the movie. I just thought it was hilarious when he's yelling shit, 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 shit. I thought that that was that was probably the greatest part of the movie altogether. Yeah. He's going down the stairs. It's like shit, 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 shit. I was yeah, it was awesome. Anyway, but no, no, it's crazy. He's 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 an expert in this field. He doesn't even know about the volcano ash situation. And they don't go ask the scientists in the surrounding area. They literally go back to a high school student and ask him. Yeah. Like, come on. You it's, couldn't be stupider. That is the dumbest plot point. Plot point. Yeah, again. Yeah, I, I knew exactly the, the first time that kid's introduced and it's like, oh, th- all this kid talks about is volcanoes. I was like, okay, the the problem. there's going to be a problem in this movie in relation to volcanoes and this kid's going to be uh, brought back up. I was watching that with my lover and she actually mentioned it right away too. She's like, oh yeah, this kid's coming back. <laughs> and again, <laughs> he, like he's brought back in the most ridiculous and stupid way. And again, like that kind of goes with the tone of this movie is that this movie, I feel like takes itself super seriously the vast majority of the time, but it's not done well. And there's these odd breaks in like the serious tone that just don't fit with the rest of the plot. Or, or the tone of the movie, like whatsoever. It's not done properly. It's not done. It's not done well. There's a lot of, you know, movies and TV shows that can balance the comedy with, you know, drama. And this movie, I think, fails completely when it comes to that. How about the fact that they didn't send the schematics for how to build a time machine? It doesn't seem like they did anyway. If they could have sent the schematics back, they could have potentially kept making time machines so that they can buy time. Mm-hmm. Even that river concept would have been great. You've solved time travel. You now have an – if you can keep building these wormholes, theoretically, they didn't give a reason why they couldn't just keep doing that. So sending the schematics back would have maybe bought them even more time if they needed more than 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like It's weird that the, the future didn't seem to want to help the past, even though that's the only solution really. Well, yeah. I mean you can – the manpower helps, but you really – what you want them to do is to have the – have again to have the past a team of scientists try to solve this antidote this poison for these this kryptonite create a kryptonite for these creatures and then send it back to the future then you both have it that's what that would have been a, a sense yeah. uh, like a plot that made sense but ultimately i think that the creators they they were battling and they don't some of them think that the timeline moves linearly meaning that chris pratt's life is inevitable his life will 
turn out the same way no matter what way he lives it. He will leave his family. I thought when Yvonne Trahovsky's character is explaining that Chris Pratt leaves and he's like, I'll never leave. I was literally thinking, oh, that's so sad because he can't not ever leave. He literally is stuck in this time. He, he must do this because it is a linear timeline. That's what I thought. I was like, that's so tragic. And I thought, wow, this, this plot is interesting. It's, it's following a, it, it's a, it's a tragedy. It's mm. a tragedy completely because no matter what, he's going to leave his yeah. family. But he's not. No, because he's they not. Because they a multi- multiverse. And so you just, you made it all messy, but you didn't explain. If it hadn't been moving linearly, if, they, if at that point when she's crying on the beach to him about how he leaves his family, if they could create it so that the reason why he leaves his family is because he has like, perhaps it's like uh, PTSD. Yeah. And he, and he can't. And that's why. And they made the timeline move linearly like Tenet or Interstellar as examples of movies that do this. Then actually the movie would have been great. But the movie like lost all balance at that point because it then decided that it was creating a multiverse. Until that point, I don't think there was any indication that it could have was going to be a multiverse. We just could guess one way or the other based yeah. on no evidence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely silly. And again, automatically the that future in the in the future timeline when they were back 30 years regular time, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like not not time traveling, but 30 years prior to the future timeline. Uh the future never they didn't have the future this is so complicated. I, I'm struggling to explain this in the future timeline that we follow when it takes, uh, if they were, for example, at the same time as the, the Chris Pratt timeline, the original timeline, they never had future people coming back to them to tell them about the aliens. If that makes any sense. So right. that the, was explained afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So the past timeline is different from this future timeline, regardless, because totally different things are occurring. Um, what, right, but we didn't have to assume – it could have been assumed that they actually did go help them and that's the tragedy. Yeah. Like I don't know. I never assumed that. I always assumed that it was a multiverse just like immediately. Um, like that, that's just what I assumed I, uh, it was and I guess I guess right. And I guess you know your girlfriend as well thought the same thing. Um, and the ending of the movie kind of pissed me off as well. So like after they talked to Volcano Kid and realized like, oh my god, these aliens came from underground. They've been here the entire time. We have these like – you know, I guess the, this poison that'll kill these alien creatures, the cure, um, as an example for, for, you know, the human race. So they can kill all these alien creatures. And the the weapon they have is like a is needles. Did like. Did they not. Did they think that all these aliens were sleeping? What would they have done if these aliens were alive? Clock convenience. Exactly. It just made no. They were sleeping because the the writers wrote that they were sleeping before they realized what the weapon was going to be. Exactly. They're like, well, they're sleeping. So, but like, the, the characters don't know they're sleeping, though. Yeah, they so shouldn't. When you go up north, they shouldn't. Well, they also well they do think that they're sleeping. To be honest, because I mean, otherwise they'd be roaming the earth. But, but they're under the ice. Like I just assume, like, oh, like what if they're awake in that ship under the ice? You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to bring up a bomb or something. Like like a kryptonite-type bomb. And that's my next point, is not even a kryptonite-type bomb, is the way they kill the aliens when they start waking up is by exploding the ship. Why the fuck didn't you just explode the ship in the first place? Yeah, why enter the ship? Yeah, 
You could have just got, another. You could have found the ship and just like, all right, sweet, let's blow this fucking thing up. Right. Well, that was another moment where they specifically they're talking. It's J.K. Simmons and Chris Pratt, and they're like, we have to go in and do it ourselves. Like, why? Yeah. Why do you have to do it yourself? There's so much time. Just blow it up because you guys now going in there caused more people to die for one and then also let the queen escape. And the way you didn't let the rest of the aliens escape is by blowing up the ship after a bunch of you guys have died. It's like, what? They could have even nuked it just to make sure that it was going to be gone. Exactly. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And again, in terms of using this needle as a weapon, the easiest – why didn't they just make it into bullets? Why couldn't they just be like, all right, sweet, we've infused these bullets. And these bullets should kill these aliens if it shoots them. Like just do something like that because even that would make more sense than going into that ship and stabbing these these alien creatures. Also – why the fuck wouldn't you just go for the queen first? Why wouldn't you look for the queen and stab the queen first? Because obviously she's the main problem. Yeah, like they didn't do anything scientifically at all. No, it makes absolutely no sense. And again, it, like I feel like this movie falls apart. I mean, it falls apart very early on. But like that's that the ending, especially I was like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. Like, like, why are they doing this? Especially when they blew up the ship. I was like. Just blow. Why didn't you just blow it up in the first place? Why? What was the purpose on not doing that? The one scene that I will admit that I thought was kind of cool is when they're doing that sort of battle with the queen and uh, Chris Pratt, you know, stabs her uh, arm or Jason. I forget who someone stabs her freaking arm with the poison and it starts like going up and she just bites off her arm and tears it off. I was like, ah, that's a pretty cool idea. I will. It was cool. I will. I will. I also. I also appreciate the fact that J.K. Simmons is going to risk his life mm-hmm. and then Chris Pratt stops him, which I really also appreciate because that happens so often in movies and it's like he's just going to die for no re- – there was literal no, literally no reason yeah. for him to die there. And so I thought, oh, God, <laughs> so annoying. But no, he didn't uh, He didn't get to die, which is mm-hmm. great. So yeah. he was risking his life for little, literally no reason. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, for me in closing – this movie is the ultimate in amusement park films. If you want to call something an amusement amusement park film, it is not the MCU movies. Like I think that um, what an amusement park, uh, an amusement park film is for me, and this is a Martin Scorsese quote, I guess, in terms of what I'm referencing. Uh, amusement park film is essentially a movie that the plot, the only purpose of the plot is to serve the spectacle. It's to serve the set pieces. It's to serve the the the, the great CGI monster. That is not what this is. Sorry, this movie is that, but it's not what the Marvel Cinematic Universe films do uh, in almost any of them. Um, there is a plot. There is emotional beats. Like, look at Infinity War. Look at Endgame. Like, don't don't tell me that that's an amusement park film and that's all it is. There is spectacle. You can have spectacle in a movie and and also have a great plot. And those are examples of, of great plot and great spectacle. This is a movie that the literal plot convenience is every every 10 minutes there's a, there's a very, very convenient piece of plot that just serves to get to the next spectacle. How do we get to that moment where these guys are falling from the sky and, and miss the roof? Or how do we get to that moment where we're running from these beasts or trying to lower ourselves into a hole so we can catch the queen just in time? It, it's bullshit. None of, it, none of it is useful plot points. It's just to serve the spectacle. And just make you entertained. But I need plot. I need plot. Yeah. I just don't think the movie itself is all that entertaining. 
I think, again, it has a couple of highlights, but it's hard to look past anything else, in my personal opinion. And I'm the type of guy that I, I like these dumb movies. Sometimes I just want a dumb movie that is fun. But the but the issue with this is that it also takes itself far too seriously. And it makes me focus on all these little things as well. Whereas I, I don't love Godzilla versus Kong, but at the very least, that movie didn't take itself super seriously. It kind of did. Mm. It wasn't very funny. Like, is there a funny moment in that movie? No, it just felt a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know. It, 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 I, I just, I did just it? found it better. Yeah, especially with like the Millie Bobby Brown segments and stuff. Her being the most annoying. Oh character. right, I forgot about that. I wiped that. Yeah, part from my memory. Bad movie. <laughs> Not a good movie, but definitely better than the Tomorrow War. I think though. I think I'm I'm kind of getting you on my side a little bit. Like the plot, you just can't have aimless spectacle. You just can't. You need something. Again, John Wick is a good example of this. We talked about this last episode, like episode fifty three. I think that. John Wick is 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 very spectacle fueled, but it doesn't matter because the plot still lines up with that spectacle, and that that is the difference. And so, yeah, yep, not a fan of this movie. This was the worst movie I've seen this year, and I think Ooh, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a little steep. That's a little doubt. steep for me. I'm not sure because I was entertained, to be quite honest. And I said this on episode 53. I was actually entertained. My girlfriend was entertained. There are entertaining spectacle moments, but the plot is so important to me that it bothered me all the way through how many ridiculous plot convenience holes there are. So, yeah. Yeah, no doubt in my mind, this is the worst movie I've seen all year. Okay. And uh, I think it is a genuinely bad movie. Not worth your time watching. I think uh, if you want to know why that movie is not watching, not worth watching, uh, rewind this episode by 30 some odd minutes and uh, listen to it again. So you get it through your thick skull. Well, this movie's a bad movie. Yeah, assuming you, of course, watched the movie before, because this is a spoiler cast, as you, I hopefully you know at this point, mm-hmm. uh, because this is the end of this particular A Closer Look episode. And I thank you, Adrian, for joining me. You're very kind to take uh, time out of your busy Tuesday, and um, I will see you, and I'll see myself, and the audience will see both of us, but not with their eyes, with their ears, next episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, which is episode 54, 54. So thank you, and good night, and good luck. Take care. Goodbye. I understood that reference.